up, New York? It's your big rig here. Uh, coming out for the weekend. Took a day off yesterday. Uh, getting back to discuss the the football weekend. What happened in the Jets game? Jets Pats. What happened in the Giants? Uh, Dallas game. Uh, you know, a, a few good things I guess you can come out of the football weekend for both teams. I mean, it almost feels like it was opposite the way people are talking this week. Like, what what I mean by that is the Giants seem to have won and their fans are losing confidence in them and the Jets lost to the best team in the league and we gain we're gaining confidence with with the Jets so it's a kind of a weird situation what happened Jets lose more confidence Giants win less confidence so it's a weird vibe in New York Uh, we're going to discuss what happened in the Jet game what happened in the Giant game how both teams played how the Jets got Tom Brady again over and over, every time we play this team, Tom Brady decides to come out and he, he'll give you that glimmer of hope that Jet fans always look for. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're, we're winning. It's the fourth quarter. We're winning seven minutes to go. We're up by four. And now he just totally dominates the last four minutes of the game. And I don't understand, and especially with the Patriots, how a team can score at will when it's the end of the game and not score during – the other three quarters, three and a half quarters, they had an, uh, enough time to, to build something, get something going. We were dominating them defensively. They were hanging around. We couldn't put them away. And we didn't put them away, and that's our, it's the Jets' fault. Ryan Fitzpatrick has to make better decisions with the ball. He throws the ball, and I was looking at him, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear this, but I believe we can win with any quarterback at the helm in this team. Geno. Ryan, I mean, some of the throws this guy makes is just awful. I see him and the the ball spinning sideways, and I don't I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure Gino can throw the same ball, just with a little bit more arm strength. They they call him the Amish rifle. I've yet to see it. He doesn't throw the ball that hard, and when he does throw the ball, it's inaccurate. Every now, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, what you get is one good throw and three bad throws. With Gino. Probably the same thing, but you just feel like Geno's a better athlete. I'm not saying I want Geno at the helm, but I'm saying we can win with anybody. Throw Bryce Petty in there. Throw anybody in there. We're going to win because we have a good defense. This team Defense holds this team together. So with Jeff fans, yeah, I, I, I realize we can beat everyone. That That's the vibe going around with that game. You, you kind of thought you were going to win up to a certain point, and then just Tom Brady comes out. <clears throat> Gronkowski comes out. And – we discussed it the other day, and I tweeted it out, that if you, if you stop Gronk and you stop Edelman, the only person that's going to beat you is Amendola. And Amendola showed up, and he caught timely passes. He did what he had to do to win the game. And Amendola is the, the, one of the sole reasons why they won that game. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to go in the Jets first. Giants, you, you, you played another disastrous game against a bad team. There was just two bad football teams out in the field on Sunday. And I don't know which one was worse. You put Tony Romo and Des Bryant on that team, and they, they're going to they're gonna kick your ass every time. So I, I don't know how you can go in looking your four and three, but you, you have that, that pit in your stomach saying that my team is just not that good. And I, even if we do make the playoffs, where are we going? You're not going anywhere. That's where you're going. I mean, the NFC East is – one of the worst divisions of football. You might get a playoff team with a losing record. And 
Remember uh, a couple years ago, the NFC West, I believe, had a losing record. I think the NFC North or South, one of them, had a losing record last year. So it, it happens. You're just in that kind of division right now. No one's taking the, the helm over. No, The Giants aren't saying, hey, we're the best team. At least we're the best team in our division. No, because they can get beat by anybody. Right now, if you want to take a look and see who like the powerhouse is, you're probably going to go with the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles can can dominate teams, and they've shown it. The Giants haven't dominated anyone. They can't even beat Matt Castle. First first week at the at quarterback, guy doesn't know, have a clue what he's doing. He, he made a lot of mistakes. I know you beat him, but you look bad doing it. But, it, it, you know, it's his first week, so we'll see what Matt Castle does. Run DMC, Darren McFadden had a kind of an emergence. Uh, I, who knows what's going on in the Dallas Cowboy backfield. You got you have a lot of problems. You have to win at least two of your next three before Romo comes back to even have a shot at winning that division. You lose all three of your next your next three games and just just seal it in. You'll be you'll be two and seven at that point. That's almost impossible to come back. Now I do feel you can beat any team with Romo and Bryant in there. And I, I don't understand. You guys bolstered your your offensive. Line. Everyone talked about the Cowboys' offensive line, how good it was. It doesn't look that good to me. And it just shows you how important DeMarco Murray was. So Giants, yeah, you won, but hey, we don't really we don't really feel like you're a good team. I don't think anybody feels like you're a good team. If you're a Giant fan, you certainly don't feel like you have a good football team and a good product on the field. And you don't. Uh we're gonna preview the Mets a little later on in the show. Uh more towards the end. Big game tonight, game one. Harvey Volquez. Now Harvey Harvey has a he got, he got the nod, so that tells you he's ready to pitch. It tells you he's going to go two, maybe a half, so two and a half games, and he better be willing to do that. If he's not willing to do that, and Terry Collins starts him the first game, then you're a fool, Terry. Don't start him the first game if he can't go that seventh game if you need him Some at some point in the seventh game. If he's going to cry and be a baby about it, then don't even put him in the first game. But you made your decision. You have your rotation. I agree with it. I like it. Harvey, DeGrom, um, Syndergaard, and Mats. Mats is going to be a little shaky. I still like the the short rest in the World Series. I, I don't see a reason not to. It's the last time you're playing baseball the entire year till the next offseason. Okay, so start your guys and see what you can do. So we'll see see what the Mets do. We'll do a little preview. Um there's not that much history between Harvey and the Royals. He's only pitched against them once, and it was like 2013. It, none of the players were on. It was just – no, sorry. He pitched against one player on the Royals currently, and that was in 2013, sorry. And that was uh, Rios. And he broke up his perfect game against the White Sox, if you guys remember that, when Harvey was throwing one of, probably one of his best games he's ever thrown. And Rios got that infield single. Uh, yeah, that's the only guy he's ever faced that's on, currently on the Royals. So you, you don't know what's going to happen. And none of the Royals have faced anybody on their on their staff. So, hey, it's it's a toss-up. We're going to see what kind of pitching staff you have. They've never seen you before. Yeah, you can study tape and do all that stuff, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So Mets got a lot, a, a lot, a big uphill battle versus the Royals. And it's not their ideal matchup. We're going to go into that a little bit later. 
I'll take a short break. Uh, 347-989-0635 is the number to call. Follow me at The Big Rick Show on Twitter. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Jet fan, <clears throat> right now you're you have some confidence in your team. You feel like you can beat any team you play, and and there's a reason for that because you held with the the best team in the league for three quarters, and you just got burned in the end. And it's almost kind of like a a Jet mo that we we get burned in the fourth quarter. Can't finish, can't finish the game on defense ever. And it was a it was a big glaring issue with Rex Ryan, and I hope it doesn't turn into a glaring issue with Todd Bowles. So we're going to have to see how this Jet team reacts to the way this loss came about and see if they can bounce back against a good Raider team. And a lot of a lot of people feel that this Raider team can be competitive, maybe not as much this year. I think they're 3-3. Three and three. So you're facing the Raiders this week. You can beat them. You have to beat them. I mean, this is you're supposed to beat teams that are inferior to you when you're a good team. If the Jets are going to continue this, we're a good team, we can beat anybody, go out there and beat the Raiders. Now, it seems like we play the Raiders every year in Oakland for some reason. We cannot play them in MetLife. The NFL refuses to have them play at MetLife Stadium. So I don't know what's going to go on. Every time we go out there, we seem to falter. And that was under Rex's tutelage. When we go out there this time, maybe Todd Bowles brings it. You know, you got Carr, Cooper, Murray out there now. It's a whole new regime. The whole feeling of the Raiders feels different than what it did the previous year. So we'll see what we can do. Um, I want to go over some key points of the Jets, Um, especially when the start of the game happened. Jets, they came out and, you know, started running the ball with Zach Stacey. And you almost want to say, where's Chris Ivory? And then, you know, they flashed to him. He was getting his hamstring a hamstring rubbed down. He was on the bike. He was having a, a, a 
some some kind of injury that I don't know if it was disclosed before the game or not. I'm pretty sure they have to disclose it. But what he did in the game definitely showed you that there was something wrong. 41 yards on 17 carries for the number one back. Now, the Patriots always seem to play the Jets hard when it comes to our run game. We never have a definitive run game versus the Patriots. So maybe that's it. Maybe it was just us. You know, he was a victim of circumstance with the Patriots being there. But he's got to be a better ball carrier. And if something's wrong, then you got to tell him, let him know before the game or whatever. You know, it didn't even look like he ran and he was he had a problem with his hamstring. So Ivory kind of faltered. It kind of hurt us a lot because Zach Stacy is not a, a, a punishing running back like Ivory. And Ivory, I don't know, He, I hope it, you know, I haven't heard any reports that it's a bad Injury, it might have just been tightness. So we'll see what happens there. Fitzpatrick comes out of the game, fumbles the ball in the second play. Patriots get a um, field goal, and you're sitting there wondering, is this really going to start right now? Is this what I tuned in for and anticipated the whole week to see Fitzpatrick just continually turn the ball over week in and week out? Second play of the game, you're giving up three points because you can't hold on to the football. Hey, I'm a sort of semi-believer in Fitzpatrick, but I'm not like he should be our quarterback and that's it. No. I, I, if he continues to do stuff like this and can't get us a victory, when we need him to march down the field and score, we need him to do that. If he can't do it, try someone else. Do not have that Rex complex where you're so devoted to your starting quarterback, you get a tattoo on his arm of him in a hula skirt, whatever the hell you have on your arm. And you're sitting there and – you know, Sanchez is your buddy. He's your pal, and you're not taking him out of the game. And just because you have allegiance to him, no, that doesn't work. So you need to make a decision whether this guy's going to be there. Start giving Gino some reps because I, I do believe Gino's the better athlete. But we don't know what he's going to do in a game. I mean, he finishes the every year. He finishes the last four games solid. He's, he usually has a perfect passer rating. His QB rating is through the roof, and it's just oh, maybe he's going to change. Well, maybe he's not. Maybe he's just not a good quarterback. So I'm sure they, they're making decisions based off their play. I don't know. They have to understand what's going on better than all of us. So, listen, if Fitzpatrick continues to do this, you've got to make a change, though. And what we said was the line needed to have pressure. We switched to a 4-3 defense, and we needed pressure from that front four. They were quiet. The Patriots' line was hurting. They had a lot of injuries sustained, and they're still stopping our, our beastly front four. Where were they? I understand they got in a couple times, but where was the pressure? I know Brady is just – he's a surgeon with the ball at a certain point in the game, and he was in the fourth quarter. But you got to get to him. Throw some hands up. Throw your hands up when he's throwing the ball. Maybe you'll swat one down because I'll tell you what, Rob Ninkovich, who is – the biggest nemesis I've ever seen when he guy is lost guy is gone. I, he goes on trips when he's not playing the jets. And then he shows up one day suits up and says, I'm going to swat every ball. Ryan Fitzpatrick throws. And that's what he did. He looked like damn JJ Watt on Sunday. Come on. You can't block the guy, Ryan. You can't throw over his arms. You gonna get swatted four times by the same guy. Holy now, fix it, Ryan. Offensive line, fix it. This guy was dominating. How do you know 
one of those passes wouldn't have set us up for a better situation down the road. But you you, you don't know because he's getting blocked every time he throws the ball. Hey, scramble out. Do something, Ryan. Don't get it blocked. Rob Ninkovich is the greatest player in the history of the world on Jet Week. When it is Jet Week, Rob Ninkovich, you are the star. You are the Messiah in New England. And he looked like it. And I can't even get mad at you because you're just playing your game. I hate you for it, but you play your game and you always show up on the Jet Week. Interceptions, fumble returns. This guy kills us. He kills us, and he killed us this week. All right? Secondary looked decent, not great. We held them for the three quarters. Need to hold them a little bit longer. Got to finish the game. Okay? We're going to come back and take a short break. We're going to take your calls, 347-989-0635. We're to talk about Brandon Marshall's drop and what he could have done to improve the game a little bit better. And we're going to go over to Pats and how they just dominated us again in the fourth quarter. Be back after this. Talking to the big rig. What's up? Three four seven nine eight nine zero six three five. Follow me at the big rig show on Twitter. Send me some tweets. I uh I look at it every now and then when I'm when I'm chatting, when I'm talking about sports on the radio to you guys. Occasionally I'll glance at it and, and throw up a tweet or a question or something like that. So send me questions if you don't want to get on the phone. If you do, call me three four seven nine eight nine zero six three five. Um now Brandon Marshall just going over to Jet Game. Brandon Marshall decided that he was going to not be Brandon Marshall for a second and drop the ball. So he drops the ball, big pivotal point in the game where we need our number one receiver to come through and make a big play for us, and he didn't. Led to a field goal. Okay, so we only go up 20 to 16 at this point instead of 24 16, which changes the whole makeup of the game. And it really is bothersome that 
the same things that kind of happened the last couple of years with receivers dropping the ball is starting to happen right now in a big spot. I hope it doesn't rub off into any other weeks. I hope it was just a one-time occurrence. He has made a lot of plays for us over the last six weeks. And, I, you know, I, I, I believe he's a great receiver. But you, when you get paid like a number one and you come in as a number one, you got to make that play, especially when it's right in your hands. What's the old adage? If it touches your hands, you got to make the play. All right. 347-990-6358. A caller, Dennis from Carney. What's up, man? Yo, what's going on? You How you Jeff, doing? You Jeff, you Jeff fans crack me up. Uh, I've and never why seen is that? Such a, I've never seen such a, an optimistic fan base after a loss. It's just mentality, well, and it, it actually brings a smile to my face, actually. Okay, so let me ask you a question. You, you, you're playing against the best team in the league. Do you, do you agree the Patriots are one of the best teams in the league, if not the best sure. team in the league? Okay, sure. so you're playing against this team. You've held them down for three and a half quarters and dominated this offense that's put up 45, two to one points per game on every opponent. You held them down. You know, you put your, you had your foot on their neck three and a half quarters, and then Brady came out and did what Brady does. You're not supposed to be optimistic about that? 90% of NFL games are all decided in the fourth quarter. Every single, almost and, every single one of them. Well, go through all the uh, scores. The better team so why even play, play why in the even fourth play quarter. the rest of the game? Just play the fourth quarter. Just play the fourth it quarter. Doesn't matter, it doesn't matter if you're 0 and 6 in the league or 6 and 0. All these games in the NFL are so tight. So who cares what happened the first three quarters? You're optimistic about the first three quarters of the game when when but when Brady and the Patriots had to do something. I think they drove and scored twice when they had to score. They, they did. did score. I will. And that, that's been an mo of the Jets over the last couple of years. And that's why I'm saying you can't really. You know, hang your hat on it. You're optimistic because you shut them down for three and a half quarters. But the game should have never even been that close in the fourth quarter. What should have happened was, if you're a good football team, a good offensive football team like the Jets are supposed to be, actually not how they're supposed to be, how they kind of transformed themselves from week one to now into being an offensive threat. And then you go out and, and pretty much, you know, poop on the bed and not score any points. So when you don't do that – Go ahead. You, you as you as you as a Jet fan, you say you sort of, you kind of believe in, in Fitzpatrick, but you're not sure. Now you're talking about Geno Smith, who you would have thrown off the bridge the last two years if you could. Now you're talking about bringing him in for reps. Who, who do you want to be your quarterback? First of all, neither of them are going to win. Well, do you, <laughs> I Jet believe fan, that. Who do you want? Well, seeing this, seeing the way Fitzpatrick's throwing the ball right now. We could win. We could do the same. We could be in the same position with any other quarterback in the league. You throw anyone in. It's like a, um, it's like one of those pens that have the different colors. You can just pick any color you want, and it's going to be the same result. It's going to write on a piece of paper for you. And that's what the Jets' quarterback situation is. You can throw Ryan Mallett, who just got who just got kicked off to the uh, Houston Texans, and he would come in and probably do the same job, if not better, than Ryan Fitzpatrick or Geno Smith. Yeah, well, listen, you said you're – even after that loss, you said you're still optimistic because they dominated the game. But here's this. Uh, ready? The last – ready? Listen, the, Gi- the Giants are the Giants. The Giants fan knows they can't win a Super Bowl this year. It's just it's, it's just one of those years. It's whatever. They can get in the playoffs, so be it. But, but, the Jets get in the playoffs. Let's just say you do get in the playoffs, all right? Uh-huh. This league has changed so much. It really doesn't matter how good your defense is, how good Brandon Marshall is. It's a quarterback league. Super Bowl winning quarterbacks 
all elite. They're all very good. The last Joe 11 Flacco. winning quarterbacks. Joe okay, Flacco. Flacco's, Flacco's been in the wars. He's been in the playoffs every single year. Has Fitzpatrick ever played a playoff and, game? And why? But why, but why has he been in the – because of his defense, not because of him. Yes, he shows up yeah, every and now look, and then. Yeah, and look what he did in the playoffs when he got there, Flacco. He was elite. What did he throw, 14 touchdown passes and no interceptions? No, he in did those do, four yes, games he did that he won? He, he did do okay. good. But all, right, all of look, those okay. – all those sort of non-elite quarterbacks in the regular season, like the Joe Flacco's, the Eli Manning's, the Colin Kaepernick's, always step it up in the playoffs. They always do. Okay. Uh, all right. Ready? All right. Let's uh, say Flacco, who had one of the greatest, greatest postseason runs there was as a quarterback with no interceptions, and you say uh, he's not elite. Okay. He's been in so many playoff games, so be it. Let me, let me list them for you. Ready? Russell Wilson, elite. Go ahead. Flacco, okay. All right. You don't like Eli because you're a Jeff fan. Now, hear, hear me out now. Rodgers, Breeze. Roethlisberger, Eli again, Peyton, Big Ben, Brady, Brady. Those are all elite, all Hall of Fame quarterbacks. As a Jets fan, you have, okay, you're you're excited, but once you get to the playoffs, you're not winning a Super Bowl. You're not getting to a Super Bowl. Be realistic. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll talk to you later. Now listen, okay, I understand that you have to be an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl, but there's been plenty of times where a defense has carried someone in the playoffs. Now, not saying that you know, we could win a Super Bowl this year, but I have confidence we could do some damage in the playoffs. Now, that that being said, it ha- it's all relying on our defense and how we get to the their their pass uh, thrower. So if the giant if the Jets can somehow get in the head of a quarterback, an elite quarterback, whether it be Peyton Manning, and the Giants showed you how to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs, you get to him and he just his whole game is thrown off. But you need that pass rush. You can't do it with blitzing. Once you blitz and you leave someone on one-on-one coverage and a quick slant route, Brady hammers it down every time. And it's it's almost like it's almost like musical the way he does it. It's it's just everything just looks like it looks beautiful when he's doing it. That's how good he is at it. And it's annoying if you're a Jet fan, and if you're any other fan in the AFC and you're and you're seeing the Patriots in the Super um, Super Bowl or the playoffs every year. You know it's because of Tom Brady. You take Tom Brady off that team. If the Jets and the Patriots switch quarterbacks right now, the Jets would be one of the best teams ever made, ever made in the history of the NFL. That's because we have everything in place but our quarterback. And I agree, our quarterback play, it stinks. It stinks. All right? You can smell from a mile away coming down the river. It does stink. And I'm not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl, but you're optimistic that you're going to be in the playoffs, a thing that you haven't done in the last three years. And you know what? The first two years that Rex came by in 10 and 11 with the team, with bad quarterback play, with almost the same quarterback play you have right now, guess what? Sanchez got you to the AFC Championship game two years in a row, back-to-back, rookie quarterback, rookie coach. Okay? So explain that to me. Be back after this.
right, we're back. Uh, 347-999-0635 is the number to call. Follow me at The Big Rick Show on Twitter. Um, now, the Jets and their unwillingness to finish in the fourth quarter is what losses that game. Brandon Marshall needs to catch the ball when he's throwing it like that. In your hands, end zone, touchdown, 24-16, you're winning. Got to catch the ball, Brandon. Sorry. Yeah, you should have walked over Foxborough. You were absolutely right. All right? Then you get a successful onside kick, okay, which he probably could have just scooped up and ran it into the end zone. No one ever talks about that. There was no one behind the dude, a guy coming from the side. Just pick it up and run. At that point, you got nothing else to lose, but we're not going to go into that. Pick falls on it, Brandon Marshall. Throws a play. Over the middle of the field, which is mind-boggling to me. You need a little bit more time to get set and do your thing than to throw a ball, a crossing route over the middle. Another reason why Fitzpatrick makes bad decisions. Okay, so he makes he made a bad decision there. Brandon Marshall doesn't get set, illegal motion or whatever they called, and the game's over. Ends on ten-second runoff. Game ends on a penalty. A few positives I've seen from the Jets. Eric Decker really stood out on Sunday. He did a good job, caught a lot of balls, made up for that double coverage of Marshall because the Patriots were going to take away your run and one receiver, and that's what they did. They took away the run. They took away the receiver, and that's Belichick's MO. Okay, they couldn't stop Gronk, which is a not a positive at all. And then Amendola was the key to the Patriots' success. And it's kind of what we said on Friday before on the on the preview. If you get Gronkowski and Edelman under control, which you did for the most part of the game until the until Amendola started catching everything, then you kind of had to adjust to Amendola, and that made Gronk become available. So they were kind of playing both sides on offense. You know, they were hitting the guy that they wanted to hit, and then when we adjusted, they hit the other guy. And it just went back and forth on us. And Amendola and Gronkowski were the two guys that had the most yards. 11 catches for Gronk, over 100 yards. That's kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. A, a guy that you know, he's just un matchup proof, if that makes sense. You can't match up with him with anyone. The guy is just a freaking nature. How are you supposed to match up with this guy? He is just a beast. When he's on any, anybody we threw on him, I was looking. And they were like up to his numbers, and I was like, "How you get? Yeah, you know, I coach Pee Wee football, and we had the same problem. The other teams would throw out these big, lanky receivers. They weren't even that good in athletes. We had a we had a lot of athletes in our secondary. All right, I ran a four three. I had two safeties just to cover these guys. When you throw the ball up, and you're just bigger and stronger than the kid that you're facing, no matter what, you're a better athlete, or you don't have a better athlete." just bigger and stronger you're gonna get the ball and that's how a lot of teams beat us in our peewee league and that's what happens when gronk faces you there's no one to match up you almost need to jam him on the line or do something i mean quick releases i don't know what you're gonna do i mean it, i i'm not supposed to figure it out the nfl's supposed to figure it out they can't figure it out there's no way in hell i'm figuring it out so that's why he's still successful okay the pats they had no lewis which was a good thing for the Jets. I thought Lewis was going to be a problem, and he wasn't even playing. So they kind of got away with one there, and that's probably why they struggled a little bit in the beginning. They struggled for the first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, Brady goes 13 for 16 for a buck 35 and two touchdowns. And you're just like, okay, we got Brady again. Amendola stepped it up. 
like we just talked about. And on defense, we talked about it before with Rob Ninkovich just looking like J.J. Watt and swatting four balls away and dominating. It, that guy just – he annoys me, that guy. He really does. If you're a Jeff fan, you should you should have the same kind of feelings towards him because he's a fool when it comes to the Jet Week. He plays out of his mind. He's a good player. I mean, don't get me wrong. But every other highlight I watch, you know, when I'm watching the, the Pats highlights, you never hear Rob Ninkovich. But when he plays the Jets, it's all you hear about. It's New England – it's the New England Rob Ninkoviches sometimes. Okay? Uh, we'll switch it over to the Giants. Now, if you're a Giant fan, obviously you realize that your team's just not that good. You're in a bad division. You're in first place in a really bad division. I mean, if you get some of the guys you need back, Victor Cruz, who knows when he's coming back. That guy wants to just stay out forever. That guy, he collected his money. He decided to get 14 girlfriends and say, you know what, football's really not for me. I'm going to step out with this calf injury. I understand the knee problem led to the calf injury. Who knows? He was supposed to be back. <laughs> he was supposed to be back in uh, second week or third week. And now Des Bryant is going to be back before Victor Cruz is. How sad is that? Victor, I don't know if you got a desire to play the football, play, play the game anymore or what. They, your team needs you. They definitely need you. So, you know, if you ever want to, like, just mosey on back and play a little football, I'm sure they'll be taking you back. And you'll be starting, just in case you were wondering, Victor. And then, you know, JPP, who knows? The nine-finger bandit, who knows if he's coming back? But I'm sure you can use him. He's a good player. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on with his contract situation. I don't know if they – he's even signed – did he even sign his franchise tenure? I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did. So you, you kind of need him back, too. Who knows what's going on in that field? You have Vereen, who is who's a good player. Vereen is a is an excellent, excellent, like just all around player. Four attempts, fifty six yards, a thirty nine yard run. Oh, come on, who are you going to Jennings? Who went five for nineteen with eight? Longest is an eight. Nah, you're not going there. Uh, receiving, I mean, and. Beckham played almost every game, I think, for except for two without Victor Cruz last year because Victor Cruz got injured. And the people are saying he's got no one. He's, he's drawing the double teams and stuff. Dude, he had the same situation as he had last year. So I don't understand what he's doing. He's not really producing the way he should be producing. I don't know if it's Eli's fault. Very well could be. Eli only had 24 attempts. It seems to me when Eli has less attempts, the Giants win the game. And when Eli throws the ball over 50 times, they, they lose, well, obviously. But, you know, from 13 for 24, well, 170, no TDs, no interceptions. It's a bad line if you're Eli Manning. And I know you guys want to discuss, oh, Eli's going to the Hall of Fame. Is that Hall of Fame numbers? The guy just called before talking about Eli, saying the Giants fan, uh, Jets fans hate Eli just because he's a Giant. Yeah, 13 for 24, buck 70. Elite? No, not elite. Okay, so, you know, you need to check your head. Um, as far as your special teams, Harris had that nice return, which was awesome. You always want to see something like that. He had three returns, average of 49, 100-yard return for a TD. I mean, sign me up for that every week. You always want help from your special teams. Then you have 
Matt Castle on the other side threw the ball 27 times, 17, 17 of completions, 227 yards, one TD, three interceptions. So they turned the ball over. He threw three interceptions, which is a friggin' joke if you ask me. Guy doesn't know a damn thing of what's going on in that offense. And this is why I'm telling the Giant fans that you need to feel worried. I mean, I do remember in 2011 when you guys won the Super Bowl, you guys kind of started off really bad, too. Really bad. Like, I felt like your team was like this. And you you got into the playoffs, you got hot, and you beat every team. So, as far as the Giants not doing any damage, hey, when you get Eli into the playoffs, he, he does damage. I, I got to admit that. He's not a bad playoff quarterback. He's a really good playoff quarterback. He gets a little help from his receivers two times. But, hey, you're not going to hate on that. So, if you get to the playoffs, who knows? I mean, you guys seem to start playing out of your head, and Eli starts, you know, he starts channeling. Maybe it's, like, opposite. Maybe Peyton is great. You know, Peyton's great in the uh, regular season, stinks in the postseason. Eli stinks in the uh, regular season, is great in the postseason. Maybe they, if they combine, they'd be the greatest quarterback to ever live because they're lacking in two of those areas. One one is lacking in one area, one is lacking in another area, and it's kind of it's kind of weird how it, how it works like that. Because if you gave Peyton Manning Eli's like presence in the in the playoffs, he's the best quarterback to ever live. Because he goes to the playoffs every year, and if he won as many times as Eli's percentage of winning when he goes to the Super Bowl, which is two for two, he's the best quarterback in the league. So I digress, but McFadden kind of had an emergence kind of stepped into that role, 29 attempts for Darren McFadden on the ground, 152 yards, one TD. That's pretty good. You always kind of felt that Darren McFadden was a good football player, a good running back, but he always got injured. And he, he always seems to have that injury bug. He can't let go of it. He gets bit by it every year. So we'll see how long he's going to stay. Randall. Christine Michael, you, you heard of this week for fantasy-wise. Uh, he's going to get the workload. No he, no, he didn't. He definitely did not get the workload. McFadden got the workload. Everyone's running to go pick up Run DMC right now. If you didn't already have him, Miley, he's already gone because I guess they have predictions of uh, grandeur in their minds, and they, they take all these guys. I'm in a 14-man league, and by Tuesday morning, everyone's gone. Anybody that had over two catches is gone. And then they just sit on people's benches. It's the most annoying thing in the world. I can't stand that league, but we'll get into that in another league. Um, you're talking a 4-3 and three team that's going to make the playoffs. I feel they're going to make the playoffs. I, I just don't feel that Romo's going to get back in time, and the Eagles are, are kind of just that team. That, they're, they're the Eagles. The best way I can describe it. If you've been watching football for the last 20 years, you know what kind of team the Eagles are. And that's what they're doing. They're going along that same path. I know Chip won, and Chip is probably going to bail Chip or something. I don't know what he's going to do. But they have the op- opportunity to be good. They're just not. They're not there. So the Giants, you leave Sunday, 4-3. and three. It was a good win. A win is a win. Don't care how you get it. I would have took any way to win. If you're a Jeff fan on Sunday, any way to win. I don't care if they got the biggest call from the ref or 
or Brady fumbled or I don't care how we won. I, I would have took it. And, you know, I'm just being a little bit better right now. So good win for the Giants. Yeah, you, you confidence a little shot. Moral uh, victories for the Jets, yeah, uh, I guess. But like Todd Ball said, you know, show me a, a, a good loser and I'll show you a loser. And that's basically what it is. He's 100% right. So we're going to go over to Mets when we get back. Um, we're going to have Holst's hot picks coming in on Friday. We're going to do a little uh, fantasy. I guess, I guess a little fantasy later on in the week. Obviously, the, the most talk from here on out is going to be about the Mets, and that's where we're going to go into next because they deserve it. They're in the World Series right now. The Jets and the Giants kind of have a little low in the middle of the week, and it's going to carry us through the end of the week. So 347-990-635 is the number to call at The Big Rick Show on Twitter. Be back after this. Give me their, send me a, uh, at the Big Rig Show 
on Twitter. Uh, give me a, you know, a little MP3 file and I'll play it during my breaks. Uh, best thing I can do. I don't really have any commercial <laughs> commercial sponsors or anything like that. So if you want to play like an original band or something like that, just send me a file. Get, get to me on Twitter and I will discuss it and I'll put it on my show. Uh, other than that, the Mets. Okay. The Mets have a really, really strong series ahead of them. It's it's an uphill battle. Uh, we've talked about this day in and day out when the Mets were going through the playoffs, how the Mets need to find that just a, a regular powerhouse hitting team and they'll be, they'll be successful on it. And they're kind of facing a team who's real scrappy, who gets on base, had the fewest strikeouts in the league. They put the ball in play and this is where your defense is going to shine. It's either going to shine or it's going to destroy you. So, Mets fans, get your defense bolstered up because the ball is going to be put in play, and you need to start making plays. You got Matt Harvey going against Edinson Volquez, who is not really having a good uh, postseason. I mean, if you're a Mets fan, uh, you're not scared of these Kansas City Royals starters. You're really not. You're scared of their bullpen, yes. But Edison Volquez is one and two with a four three two ERA. It's beatable. It's definitely beatable. So when you look at the Kansas City Royals from a starting pitching perspective, and you look at the Mets starting p- pitching perspe- um, perspective, the Mets have a clear advantage. It's not even close. I mean, these guys, well, folks, these guys are are not a good staff, and don't be worried about it. They win by scoring runs. And putting the ball in play and making your defense falter. They out-homered the Blue Jays the last series. But that's, you know, that's not how they play. That's not how they win games. They win games by putting the ball in play. So, Mets are going to have to rely on this pitching staff that has brought them to the World Series. And they're not even – I know you guys are probably going to argue about this, but you're not a World Series caliber team. You're here because your pitching staff played out of their heads the last two months of the year, and Cespedes was Babe Ruth, okay? And now Daniel Murphy decided to become Babe Ruth again. So, yes, you're getting help. I know you, you can make an argument that, hey, that's just baseball, but let's face it, that's why you're here. Matt Harvey, he he can be brilliant on the mound, or he can be not brilliant and give up four or five runs. If he does that, I I think the Mets are going to score. I think the Mets bats are going to come alive. But before the seventh inning, if you're not in the driver's seat in these games, when you got that three-headed monster coming out of the bullpen, I guess you can call it a three-headed monster. But, you know, you have Wade Davis. and Dude, he has just been lights out. That dude is the best pitcher in the league right now. He is an animal. He really is. I I love him on my team and so with the Mets. When you're comparing bullpens, okay, it's not even a, a, a in the same stratosphere as the Royals. So you get to that seventh inning and you got to rely on your bullpen. If you're not in the lead after that seventh inning, expect to lose the game. You're not scoring on this bullpen. And you you might, but I wouldn't count on it. And if they are in the lead or they're behind 
and your bullpen has to come in, you you want to stretch your. I feel you want to stretch your starters out a lot this this series. I don't think they should be on any kind of short leash. I really don't. They should pitch as long as they possibly can. And there's a good reason for it. Your bullpen's just not that good. Unless you can get Familia in in the eighth, a couple, five, four, six out saves, then you'll be in pretty good shape. Clippard, I don't know. I don't know about Clippard. Do you really feel comfortable bringing Tyler Clippard into a game that's 4-3 in the eighth inning? Not me. I wouldn't feel good. So you kind of want to just take advantage of the starting pitching and feast on them early. If you feast on them early and get to them, you, you should have no problem, you know, scratching out two of these games. If you go back to New York 1-1, I consider it a victory for you guys because you're just third and fourth pitcher. It's just so much better than what the Royals are throwing at you. You get to that fourth, that third and fourth game at home, and you got Syndergaard going at home, which is a which is a bonus. You want him to pitch at home. He seems to be a more of a, you know, relaxed and, and pitches more comfortably on the mound. Matt, you definitely want pitching at home. I mean, is, is it even a question? You know, you, that guy, you can't rely on him. He showed you He showed you that he falters in the playoffs. I, I don't really have confidence. If you can sneak – I feel if you sneak one win with him and the series is close and you get a win with Matt's on, on what is it, Saturday or Sunday – You'll you'll be in really really good shape to win this series. You got to get to them early though. You don't want to go the distance with them. Uh, and hey, listen, I watched every pitch of every at bat last World Series. My team was in it. The Giants played this team, and last year they were a little immature. They weren't ready for to take on the role of World Series champions. And I, I know how you can say, "Oh, what's this guy talking about? How could you not be ready to?" I mean, you're there. You're there. No, it's it's a you weren't there. They didn't win. If they were ready, they would have won. They're not there. This year, they're seasoned. You guys aren't. And you guys had aside from the Dodgers series, you guys had a kind of a easy road with that Cubs series. I mean, they didn't even challenge you. You guys were never even down in the series. The Cubs didn't even have a lead in that series. And you're gonna tell tell me that you're seasoned now in the playoffs? No, you barely even played. God damn the David uh, Daniel Murphy has been carrying this team the entire playoffs, and if he starts slowing down because of this big layoff and his back cools down and you don't get to these starting pitchers, you're in a lot of trouble, Mets fans. Now, being a New York guy, being that I hate the Kansas City Royals because we played them last year, they took us to seven games and almost won, we had to bring our starting pitcher Pitched three times in the series. Put him in the fifth inning. One of the best pitching performances you'll ever see in your entire life. But that's why we beat him, because we brought Mad Bum back. And he, that guy was – you're going to tell your kids about this for years to come with that performance. I'm not a fan of the Kansas City Royals. Now, as a baseball guy, I think the Kansas City Royals are going to be – I just don't think you have what it takes to compete with them. I don't want to see it. I want the Mets to win because I just don't like the Royals, like I said. And, I mean, what does that do as a, from a baseball perspective? What does the, the Royals winning the World Series do? If the Mets win the World Series, 
first of all, we got a lot to talk about. Secondly, <laughs> I mean, the Mets are just a, a an overall better franchise in a better position, and you, you almost want to. I know I don't know what the line is for the game. Anybody tweet me what's the what the line is um, for the series. I guess you got to say that they're underdogs. I'm sure from the line they're underdogs, but with that staff, how could you ever think that the Mets are underdogs with a, with a pitching staff like that? They have a great front three, a decent four, and then you got, you know, um, Cologne, Nice, who, you know what? I wouldn't feel bad about putting Nice in the game right now. Especially if it's a long relief duty, say Matt gets in trouble or or whatnot. I, I I think it's a good thing that you have a lot of right-handed pitching. They're not really a power team; they just hit the ball, and they're very. Uh, you're going to see it with this team when you're starting to play them, and in perspective from from a Giant fan from last year, you're going to see that they are very annoying when they get up there and they start hitting these infield singles, stealing every base, and and getting these Texas leaguers and then, uh, you know, blooping a blast. And you're going to get real annoyed with this team real quick because they're, they're like no team you've ever seen. Trust me. They're a different ball club. They play the game differently. They are like the anti everything, everything you're used to with saber metrics and all that. This team is, is not that. So you'll see a different ball club I, I want the Mets to win. I don't think they're going to win just because I know the Royals and the Royals are, they're just doing it the whole year. Best record in the central best record in the league Mets. Yeah. The playoffs are doing good, but so are the Royals. Yeah. They've, they have faltered a little bit, but they're still a good ball club. That's what they do. They try to outlast you. They're like Muhammad Ali. They try to outlast you and then beat you down. And that's what the Kansas City Royals are doing. That's what you should expect from them. Royals open minus 120. So that's not a big line at all. I just got a text. So you're looking at it like, yeah, the Royals are a favorite. I'm a straight pick. I'm down to a straight straight up pick. So, yeah, how do you – you can't consider that. With that staff – with a pitching staff the way the Mets have, there's no way you're going to be an underdog. I mean, it's going to be a straight pick them. They're young, but so are the Royals. They, yeah, they've been there last year. And I know you think I'm kind of contradicting myself, but they are still young. They're just – they have that. They have the experience, and they also have – they can falter with, with, with their staff, with your staff going against them. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be a great game tonight. I'm sure everyone's going to be watching it. The Royals, just go out and play your game, Mets. I'm, I'm really rooting for you. I really am. But it's going to be a really, really tough matchup. So we'll see. Kind of, we'll break down the game tomorrow, go into a little bit of stats, see how, see the Mets bats pick up where they left off, see if Cespedes comes out, got his quarter zone shot. It was reported he got two cortisone shots, but I think that one was false. I think he only got one cortisone shot. Um, and we'll see what happens in the game, though. The best way to talk about it and, and, and go on is how they play this game one. And we can kind of see a, 
any kind of patterns going to start formulating. See how the Mets, you know, attack this series and see how Terry Collins. Now, Terry Collins has been a really good manager in the playoffs, and you kind of didn't expect it. You, you almost thought that Terry was going to lose you one game, at least one game in the playoffs, and he hasn't done that. So, Ned Yost, <laughs> let me tell you something about Ned Yost. Guy's a moron. The guy is an absolute fool, okay? He's, you're going to see him doing some stuff that a little league coach wouldn't do because this guy wants to be innovative. He wants to be Joe Madden, but he's not. he doesn't have the brains for it. And you're going to see, you're going to be like, how is this guy, how did this guy go from to back-to-back World Series? When you see him making his moves and putting in Madsen instead of Wade Davis or Herrera, it's, it's going to be comical. You're going to laugh at him. And that's just the kind of guy he is. So get ready for another badly managed series from the opposition for the Mets and the Royals. So we'll talk about it tomorrow. Best way to do it, like I said, is to watch the game, see what we, we recognize, see if the bats come alive, see how Harvey handles his first World Series, see if the pressure, because Volquez has been there before. He knows what to expect. Harvey doesn't. Three four seven nine eight nine zero six three five is the number to call. Call me tomorrow. Get your bet reactions. Follow me at the Big Rig Show on Twitter. Send me some questions. Doesn't matter what time you do it. I'll read them out throughout the day. And the most important question we have to ask ourselves at ten twenty seven on this Tuesday with the World Series looming over us is. Hey, does this suit make me look fast? No, no, no. Your face does. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got that over with. See you guys tomorrow.